Hi, my name is Stephen Cosgrove, and over the years I have written a lot of books, 350 or so, and I've sold a lot of books, millions and millions and millions of books. But now, in this time of world tragedy, I'm celebrating the holidays of getting given. I have been given a lot, a getting kind of thing, but now it's time to give back. This is a free podcast from Kid Talk Radio where I will give my stories to you. The first book is one of the first books, The Muffin Dragon. This book was and is dedicated to my daughters, Jennifer and Julie. One was there and the other was in the ethereal listening as I lay on the carpet muttering, Muffins! Muffins! Where are my muffins? Beyond the horizon... In the middle of a crystal sea was a beautiful island called Serendipity. This magical island was filled with a variety of wonders, castles and cottages, peasants and kings. In a far corner of the island stood the poorest of poor castles. Everything was poor here, including the villagers who lived inside. They were happy here, poor but happy. They didn't have much, but they didn't need much, for they took the greatest of pride in all that they did. The villagers took the greatest of pride in the baking and selling of muffins. Oh, not just any muffins, but the most delicious, delectable muffins in all of Serendipity. Every morning, after the muffins were baked and still warm from the ovens, the villagers would load them onto their only wagon. Then... They would hitch up their only horse to the wagon and slowly creak across the drawbridge. Off they would go to the villages that dotted the countryside like spots on the old horse. It was in the villages that the castle muffins sold very quickly, for these were no ordinary muffins. Truly, these castle muffins were better than the best that had ever been baked. Now, the kindly folk that lived in the castle should have been richer than rich, but all the muffin money was used buying flour, sugar, milk, and eggs. But the most expensive thing they bought was kindlewood, which was used to feed the gigantic ovens wherein they baked the muffins. Every day was the same. Early in the morning, long before the rooster woke to crow the sun to rise, the head baker, who was also the king, would feed the fires with the kindlewood that had been bought the day before. As the ovens heated, he carefully mixed eggs, milk, flour, and sugar into the only mixing bowl, which was slightly cracked. He mixed, whisked, and whipped all into a sugary, thick batter. He ladled the batter into the muffin molds and then slipped the molds into the oven to bake until they were perfect in every way. Then, while they were still hot from the ovens, the muffins were loaded onto the wagon, while the horse was hitched up and the process would start all over again. Things were not good here, but at least they weren't bad. Not bad, that is, until one day there appeared at the castle a great and monstrous dragon. Now, this was not your everyday run-of-the-mill dragon dragon. This was an enormous, slightly overweight, muffin-munching dragon. With crumbs still on his face from the muffins he'd eaten at the last castle he'd visited, the dragon came waddling down the hill right up to the drawbridge. The castle folk, fearing that this might be a villager-munching dragon, ran inside and locked the castle gates. 
The muffin dragon took a long, deep, snarly sniff. Ah, he rumbled. Muffins! I smell muffins! From the smell of things, this was a perfect place for a muffin-munching dragon to live. I love muffins, he mumbled. Can't get enough. And if I could, I would still want more and more muffins. He made himself at home beneath the bridge where he unpacked his pillow, his pajamas, and the picture of his pet, a purple palomino pony he called Pearl. And then he brushed his large, crumb-crushing teeth, kissed the picture of the purple pony, and laid his head down on the down-filled pillow. Oh, he yawned. It is going to be a marvelously muffin-munching morning. And with that, he fell fast asleep, dreaming of the treats to come. The very next morning, the castle folk popped open the window shutters and, seeing nothing, assumed that the dragon was gone. Breathing a deep sigh of relief, the baker, who was also the king, began preparing for another day. Later, the baking done, the castle folk again loaded their only wagon overflowing with hot, sweet-smelling muffins. The wagon loaded, the gates loudly creaked open. The noise of the squeaking, rusty hinges on the gate woke the soundly sleeping dragon. <laughs> he muttered. What was that? He yawned once, stretched twice, and peeked over the edge of the worn wooden bridge. And there, clomping through the castle gates, was the wagon filled with sumptuous, mouth-watering muffins. He quickly leaped up onto the bridge. With flames broiling from his mouth and his nostrils puffing smoke, he roared, Stop, or I shall burn up your drawbridge like so many dried sticks in your oven. The driver, just as frightened as could be, cried out, What do you want? Want? the muffin dragon rumbled. I don't want. I demand. Every time you cross my bridge, you shall pay me ten muffins as your toll, your payment to get across my bridge. But, uh, uh, but, stuttered the driver, this isn't your bridge. This drawbridge belongs to the kindly folks of the castle. Well, said the dragon, burping a bit of smoke, if I burned it to ashes, it won't be anyone's bridge, will it? After a short discussion with the baker, who was also the king, the driver agreed to give the dragon his toll of ten muffins. Later, the baker had little enough money to buy firewood and supplies, let alone to build a new drawbridge. From then on, every time the wagon crossed the drawbridge, both coming and going, the dragon was given ten fluffy, flavorful muffins. The muffin dragon would sit beside the drawbridge, munching his morning muffins. This would have gone on to this very day except for one really big problem. The dragon was eating so many muffins that the driver did not have enough to sell, which meant he didn't have enough money to buy the supplies that were needed to make more muffins. Every day he would return with fewer and fewer supplies, and one day, he returned with nothing at all. The wagon was empty, save for the ten muffins needed to pay the dragon his toll, that and a couple odd crumbs. 
The very next morning, the head baker, who was also the king, woke as usual, but that was as usual as it got. There was no kindlewood to burn in the stoves to fire their ovens. There was no sugar, no flour, nor one single egg to crack in the bowl that could be whisked and whipped with the milk into a batter. There was nothing to put in the muffin tins, nothing to bake. With a tear in his eye, the baker, who was also the king, sat on a pile of empty flour sacks and muttered, I have no kindlewood for a fire. I have no supplies to bake any muffins. Without muffins, the dragon will burn the bridge to ashes. Oh, what am I ever to do? That very same morning, the dragon woke, took off his pajamas, kissed the picture of his purple pony, brushed his teeth, slicked down his scales, and prepared for another day of muffin munching. He sat on the bridge and waited, and waited, and waited some more. No wagon came, and of course no muffins came. And soon the dragon's quite empty stomach began to rumble, grumble, and growl. Muffins, he muttered. Where are my muffins? Finally, he thumped across the drawbridge and opened the massive gates. Hey, he shouted, where are my muffins? There was no answer, only the hollow echoing of the word, muffins, muffins, muffins. The monstrous muffin-munching dragon waddled up and down the halls following the smells of yesterday's muffins. And finally he rumbled into the bakery itself. Muffins, he roared. Where are my muffins? I have been waiting and waiting. It has only been out of kindness that I haven't burnt the bridge down. I am hungry, and when I am hungry, I am not happy at all. Now just where are my muffins? The head baker, who was also the king, shrugged his shoulders and said, uh, Mr. Muffin Dragon, I am a very poor baker living in a poor land in a poor castle indeed. Before you came, the muffins we made barely allowed us to buy the kindlewood and supplies we needed just to make more muffins. Now that we have to give you so many muffins, we can't afford to buy kindlewood, and our ovens have no heat. Without heat, I cannot bake any muffins. The muffin dragon was sad beyond belief. He, he should have just burnt the bridge down and moved on to another castle, but he didn't. For you see, the muffins made in this castle truly were the best of the best. Why, even the batter was better. Whatever were they to do? It was then that the muffin-munching dragon came up with the most marvelous and ingenious of plans. I have it, he roared. I can have my muffins and eat them too, and even you, poor kindly baker, was also the king, will have more than enough from the sale of your muffins to make even more muffins. So that very day, the dragon packed his pillow, his pajamas, and the picture of his pet purple pony and moved to a new home. Where did he go? Where did he stay? How did the muffin dragon save the day? Simple questions, simply answered. From that 
day forward, the Muffin Dragon lived inside the bakery where he lolled about, billowing flame from his mouth, heating the massive ovens with ease. With the money he saved from not having to buy expensive kindlewood, the baker, who was also the king, could easily afford to leave a generous stack of mouth-watering muffins within easy reach of a dragon's great paw. While heating up the ovens with a lot of style and grace, the muffin dragon smiles a smile with crumbs upon his face. This Stephen Cosgrove narrated and written book was brought to you by stephencosgrove.com.